you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Come on, would you just say thank you, Jesus, for your written word, what you've said in your word, how you guide us with it, how you correct us even, God. We invite you to use the sword of your spirit today. (laughs) Come on, invite him to unsheath the sword of the spirit today and to cut away the things we don't need and to be the great physician, Lord. Heal us, bring about the things we do need via your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, say amen. Amen, amen. Well, I want to welcome our microsites watching all over the states and everything. Can we welcome our microsites watching South Tampa as well? Welcome them as well. Come on, we got other campuses watching. So cool what God is doing. We love you. We bless you. In Pennsylvania, Franklin, Pennsylvania, in Virginia Beach, South Tampa, we bless you. Uh, today, I am just doing, it's not a series, sorry. I'm not, I never thought I'd be a series ish guy um, but you know we're going to do a standalone message and today so we're out of the series group but that's okay and um, it's it's just one of those messages I think we need to hear right now but not just um, in here we also have a special opportunity for our 6th to 8th graders they can be released actually to the garden right now that's something I forgot to do a second ago so can we clap it up for our middle schoolers 6th to 8th graders even if they don't move anywhere we just say hi thanks for doing it yeah anyway Pastor Jimmy has a special um uh, time with them and a special message for them just for 6th to 8th graders. It's good. So, hallelujah. Cool. There's a lot of moving parts here, you know, if you can't tell. And filling in for Gigi, if you pray for Gigi, our beloved, wor- our beloved worship pastor, she is not feeling well. Her voice is a little, it's not all the way here. So that's why you got me and Sebastian filling in. Uh, didn't Sebastian do a great job? Come on. I love that guy. Hallelujah. Well, like I said, today's going to be a standalone message, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to speak on unity in diversity. Unity in our diversity. I talk about unity a lot. I think it's on God's heart right now, and I've spoken on these these concepts, but there's a specific part of this today that I think is for us. Uh, Namely, I have a beautiful sermon example for you that if you are you know, diverse and you do not like the Buccaneers, you get to watch me preach in a Buccaneers jersey and you'll have to just try and find some unity despite that fact, all right? I have some of my friends here who came over to watch the Green Bay Buccaneers game and they were rooting for Green Bay in my house. And so we're gonna try and be unified despite that fact. You're in the room here is looking at you. No, I'm joking. It was fun. It was fun. But this is just, you know, par for the course here. I am excited about the Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to preach on that, but it's, if you don't know this, it's the first time any team in the NFL has ever played in the Super Bowl on their home turf, ever. It's never happened before. So it's first time it, they'll have that forever. So I'm just stoked about that. We don't even need to win. I'm stoked about that. I'm stoked that we're in it. Okay. So anyway, you can tell, I guess a little bit. I want to talk about the unity of the spirit, but how it helps us be unified in our diversity. Say diversity. I think a lot of times in church, we try to get everybody to look the same, sound the same, talk the same, like the same team, you know, go to the same Super Bowl party, all that. I think we have this idea that we need to be same, the same, in order to be in the same spirit. And I just want to come directly against that. I believe that's a lie. 
I believe it's actually unity in our diversity that makes it kingdom unity. I think it's actually that we retain our diversity and are still unified, which is the key differential of kingdom unity and worldly unity. Okay, the world needs everybody to think the same. You need to think like me, you need to believe like me, or you're canceled, right? Or you can't do business here, or we can't do business with you, or et cetera, et cetera, right? And there's like this idea that the unity element is pre, has a, 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 something that comes before it, a precursor to the unity element is agreement. And I, that's the world's unity. That's not the church's model. That's not the kingdom model, Okay. You, many, you might have heard me talk on this before, but I want to say this to you. The unity of the Spirit is not about being the same. It's about doing everything with the same heart. The unity of the Spirit is not about doing the same things. It's about doing it with the same heart. Okay? It's about doing it with the same motivation. Okay? The same motivation of love. Amen? Amen? Come on. This is important because there's a lot of talk about unity now. There's a lot of talk about divisiveness now. This leader's divisive, this leader's not, blah, 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 blah. Well, let me tell you something. There's only one kind of unity that will be eternal, and it's kingdom unity. There's only one kind of unity that will remain, and it's the unity of heaven. And it does not require sameness. It does not. Uh, Ray Hughes has this great quote. He says, we trade the unity of the spirit for sameness. You need, you know, even denominations like church denominations are built on sameness, right? We believe these same things. We focus on these same things. And that's why our church comes together. That's not why this church comes together. This church gathers for one reason. It's to encounter Jesus. That's it. And you're allowed to disagree with me. We have things floating from on high confirming the message. That's the foam from the roof. That's not a miracle. Just so you know, it's a nuisance. <laughs> I just want to be clear. You know, we have to vacuum that up every like three or four weeks. It's so annoying. Yeah, I just want to let you know. It's not about sameness. It's about unifying around the spirit of God. Meaning the spirit is the only thing we have in common. And that's okay. Are you with me? What if the people you hung out with were nothing like you except for they carried Jesus? That was it. You're like, well, if they carry Jesus, they'll think like me. No, they won't. That's not an automatic fruit. You know, we're all being transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're all changing the way we think every single day. In fact, I'm the only person I agree with 100% of the time. You know, I don't even agree with me from a month ago. So... <laughs> Anybody ever changed their mind recently? Like, oh, I'm going to think differently about it. Yeah, well, it would be a really hard pill to swallow if we had to agree on everything, right? And it goes back to our core value of honoring everyone. Our first core value around here is that we honor everyone. Say everyone. That means we assign value to every kind of person. You know, Kansas City Chief fans, Buccaneer fans. If you don't know, that's who the Bucks are playing tonight. You know? I have a friend who's a major Chiefs fan. I have refrained from texting him because that's the most loving thing I can do. Uh, we just are not talking right now. And that's love. <laughs> it is. He texted me. I did not respond because I love him. <laughs> we honor everyone. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, we honor everyone. And I don't want to miss or step over something very important. That February, this month, is Black History Month. 
and we want to celebrate and honor our black brothers and sisters. Uh, we do. We want to honor the rich history of spirituality in that community. And we also want to recognize the pain. Okay, if you think that the pain of the past is in the past, you're wrong. The pain of the past is not in the past for the entire black community. The pain of slavery, the pain of Jim Crow, the pain of segregation, those things are still real. They really feel that today. I'm not black. I can't say I have that pain. Are you okay? I know everybody gets real weird when I talk about this stuff, but this is just gut level honesty. That stuff exists. If we say, oh, that's in the past slavery, in the past, I don't know, get over it. You're ignoring and devaluing the person because you are, you are actually spiritually bypassing and saying, well, just, just forgive, just forgive, just forgive. It's like, well, it hurts, it hurts. And you go, it shouldn't hurt if you forgive it. You know, that is really, 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 really mean. Okay? And if you were in pain, you wouldn't want anyone speaking to you like that. And we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Amen? So, I just want to say, go on record, we see the pain of the past, and we do not say it's in the past. We say it's still here, and we're with you in your pain, if you are in pain. Amen? Say amen. Okay, I'm making you agree. It's okay. <laughs> no, I know. You're like, oh my gosh, this is heavy. It is heavy. It is. I've sat with people. We've had reconciliation tables throughout the summer of 2020 when everything was really heightened. We sat and talked and listened. I did more listening than talking. And it helped me. It helped me step into that pain. It's really important that we do that in order to love one another. Amen? Amen. Though we know there's pain, we know that there's an amazing spiritual richness in the past, okay? And I'm not, I was tempted to just um, read, preach some of the amazing quotes from some of my heroes, but I decided I'll just, the Lord didn't want that. But I could have done that all day, like Frederick Douglass. If you don't know that person, if you don't know that man, you should. He, he, rightly so, is iconic in American literature and will go down, I hope, forever as one of the marking uh, authors of, of that time and of our time of modern history. Amazing revelation of God. And he wrote as a slave. He wrote after being a slave. He was forming these concepts and everything enslaved. And then he penned them and he wrote some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful just explanations of what it means to be freed. What it means to be freed by God, the hand of the Father. You should read Fred, Frederick Douglass. You should. Harriet Tubman, you know, you probably, I hope you know these names. If you don't know these names, I feel it's my duty to give you some of these names. You know, the public school system kind of leaves some of this stuff out nowadays. So I hear, right? I heard just like two years ago, someone who just graduated from high school, I, admit, I said the Holocaust, you know, and they're like, the what? And I'm like, what? I said, you know the Holocaust? They're like, what? They didn't know. And they've gone through a public school. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, we are, that's not okay. You know, so anyway, Harriet Tubman, the Underground Railroad, Martin Luther King Jr., come on. Proved the power of stillness. That man sat in the fire and refused to be moved. These are, these are heroines, heroes of the faith. Absolutely. They walked with God. Amen? Were they perfect? No, neither are you. Just let me, let me inform you for a second. Are you ready? Yeah, but they, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think you get my point. Here's what I'm saying. We have to understand something so crucial right here. The church is supposed to be the model for unity in our diversity. 
The church is supposed to be the model. There's going to be no other model in the earth for what that can look like, for unity in diversity. We don't abandon our diversity. We don't say, we don't, we don't say, I don't see your color. We don't say, I don't see your history. We don't say, you know, you're like me. You're just like me. You're just like me. No, no, no. You're nothing like me. Okay. I'm actually glad that I'm the only person who attends this church with long hair and an Amish looking beard. I like that. I like that. It doesn't grow this way. I like that. I like that I'm the only one that looks like me. Okay. If it was all people who look just like me coming to the church, I would, that would be a red flag for me. I'd be like, oh no, I might be leading a cult. You know, I mean, that would be an indicator. I've been accused of these things um, by people who have ever, never actually, even, they don't even know what a cult is. If they call us a cult, they don't know what a cult is. But anyway, that would be very weird, yeah? If all of you, you know, felt like you needed to dress like me, came in, wore a fake beard, in order to attend or listen. That would be weird. I'm being silly, but I'm hyperbolic on purpose so that you kind of get the picture here. The church has done this. The church has gone around the world evangelizing, hoping to convert people into our culture, not necessarily into the kingdom. Did you hear what I just said? Because, Caleb, that was a really good word right there. That was really good. The church has made the mistake of trying to convert people into our culture rather than laying down our culture to give them the kingdom. John Gray said it best. He said, when we come to Jesus, we lay down our culture to pick up the kingdom. We lay it down to pick up the kingdom, right? We're not, we're not forcing our culture on people. We're advancing the kingdom of God, which is many cultures and diverse. We're called to be a model of unity and diversity. Amen? All right, look at this. Revelation 7, 9 through 10. We get a window into heaven, okay? We get a window to see what heaven is like, what it looks like in heaven. Okay, here's what it is. It says, John says, after this, I looked and behold, right in front of me, I saw a vast multitude of people, an enormous multitude so huge that no one could count, made up of victorious ones from every nation, tribe, people group, and language. Made up of victorious ones from every nation, tribe, people group, and language. This is what heaven looks like. You know, this is what heaven looks like. Every nation, Every tribe, every people group, every language. Talked about it a couple weeks ago about the ethnos, right? The nations make disciples of every people group, every ethnos, every culture. Make disciples of, out of every culture. Come on, that's what heaven is doing. It says, they were all in glistening white robes, standing before the throne and before the lamb with palm branches in their hands. And they shouted out with a passionate voice, salvation belongs to our God, seated on the throne and to the lamb. This is the plan of the lamb. This is the lamb plan. And I ensure you, you will get life from it. Okay? Oh, somebody got that. This is the lamb plan. All right? You're going to get a picture of what real life is when you allow for diversity in your circles. In fact, you're not just allow it, you step into it intentionally and you diversify your circle because that's kingdom. I'm not saying you have to hang out with people who are nothing like you all the time. Okay, I'm just saying you shouldn't be around only people who think like you, who look like you, who are like you, because it might just be that you just like all the you you see in them. It's actually, I like you, me. I like me and you. I like me and there. You know, there's actually two kind of people, two kind of people on the earth that try your patience. We're going to talk about it in a minute, but I'm going to say it right now. Two kind of people on the, 
on the planet who try your patience the most. It's those who are nothing like you and those who are exactly like you, okay? The people in the middle, you don't care. But the ones who are exactly like you, it grates your gears because all your mess is right in front of your face all the time. It's like a mirror, right? And then the ones who are nothing like you because it's like, I don't even know how you can think that way, you know? Come on, we need unity. Say unity. We're going to talk about the two concepts of unity and diversity. See how they come together, okay? Paul wrote this in Ephesians 4, talking about the unity of the Spirit. We're going to read 1 through 6 in the Passion Translation. Man, this is just one of those pivotal verses, okay? It says, as a prisoner of the Lord, meaning he was actually in jail, y'all. He was actually in jail. I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank. Say high rank. Given to you in your divine calling. So we have a high rank given to us by a divine call. Are you with me? We are ranked in heaven in a certain way because we've been given a divine call. He's going to go into the divine call now. Okay, he's going to explain what that is. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. Two kind of people that try your patience. Those who are nothing like you, those who are exactly like you, okay? Let's read that again. With tender humility, this is your divine call, by the way. Look at your neighbor and say, this is your divine call. Just tell them. This, look at the one you don't like nearly as much, the other one, and say, this is your divine call too. Come on. This is your divine call. To, with, hinder, with tender humility and quiet patience, if we could use those two things on Facebook, oh man, right there. The world would change overnight. Tender humility. You don't know everything. Hello? And quiet patience. They don't have to be corrected right away. You're not their mama. You're not their pastor. You're not the theology police. Okay? Quiet patience. <laughs> Am I hurting you? Or are you just, I don't know. You're just really quiet and staring at me right now. So is it the jersey? I knew this was a mistake. I knew. <laughs> You're so distracted. No. Gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially those who may try your patience. Gentleness and generous love. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. Being one body, let's say the word one every time, being one body and one spirit as you're all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, one Father. And He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. All. Ephesians 4.3 in the English Standard Version, just bringing it back to that verse. It says, be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We got to really define that word unity because we got ideas of what that is, right? We need to unify. We need to organize. We need to whatever. And we have ways of doing that. But I want to show you from a Bible dictionary what that means. It is the word for one. It's oneness, okay? But it says especially, this is a, a Bible dictionary called Helps Word Studies. It says especially that God produced unity between believers. That God produced oneness between believers. The harmony that comes from the likeness of sharing the nature of the Lord. Did you hear that? The harmony from sharing the likeness of the nature with the Lord. This is the one time this word unity is used in all of your Bible. This is the single mention of this concept. 
it says, I have the Lord in me and we know what he's like and you have the Lord in you and I know what he's like. And that's all we need to be unified. The harmony that comes from the likeness of the nature of the Lord. So if they're nothing like you, you should look past all the things you don't like and see the Lord. In order to unify, this is the only way to unify. It's the likeness of the nature of the Lord that you harmonize with. My, my wife and I, we sing together. We started out as worship leaders. I'm trying to knock, knock the rust off today, you know? <laughs> and we harmonize really well together. But guess what? We cannot harmonize in separate places. We cannot harmonize in different rooms. If she goes in that room, closes the door, and I stay in here, we cannot harmonize. Why? Because we can't hear each other. We can't, it's impossible. So harmony requires oneness. Harmony requires no division. It requires no segregation, no separation. This room would be two rooms if we put a wall in the middle, right? Yeah? That is the, the, what we have done when we say, okay, let's all be unified. Let's get everyone who thinks like us into one place. No, no, no. Let's get us all into one place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's get everybody who thinks like me into one room. No, let's get everybody, no matter what they think, into one room and find a way to come together. Harmonize. Here's how you do it. With the likeness of the nature of the Lord. I see Christ in you. I see Christ in you. That's all I need to be unified. Are you with me? Come on, this is so important. And I don't know if it's, I, I know I've talked about it before, but it is uh, opposite of kind of the approach of the church. Like, oh no, I can't go to that church. I don't agree with their theology. Okay, do they call Jesus Lord? Do they worship him as the one true God? You should be able to go to that church. I don't care what it says over their, their door. I don't care what denomination, Catholic, Protestant. I don't care. Is Jesus Lord? Did he die and rise again? That's it. If they believe that, then they have the Holy Spirit in them. You understand, every single person who believes in Jesus is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? No matter what the temple looks like, they're still the temple. <laughs> no, matter, no matter what the temple prays like, they're still the temple. Come on. You're like, no, 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 we can't. We have to agree on certain things. Yeah, we have to agree that I can see Christ in you. Can I see Christ in you? We're, we, can be harm, we can harmonize. We can be unified. Period. Period. We're actually an apostolic family. That's what this church is. It means we're a family on mission. Do you always agree with your family? Do you always like your family? No, no, no. Husbands and wives, let me ask you something. Are you always having the same thoughts in your head as your spouse? Okay, so it'd be a bad idea to make our thinking be the same, the low bar for unifying in our marriages, right? Like if that's the entry point for unity, we are in trouble agreeing on everything. My wife and I don't agree on everything. Shocker, right? She's Puerto Rican. I'm as white as you can get. Our cultures themselves just continually clash. Like, there's this thing. I'm going to say it. Sorry, babe. Say it. It's just, just culture. It's not a bad thing. But the, the blinds have to be closed when it gets dark outside. Because there's light on the inside of the house and there's no light on the outside of the house. I still don't get it. We have to keep all the light on the inside. We can't share the light with the neighbors. We have to close the blinds when it gets dark out. It's just something she got from her culture. And I'm just like, why? I still don't understand it. I still don't. But guess what I do? I close the blinds if I remember. Usually she'll help me remember. Caleb, close the blinds. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, this silly thing we do that I don't understand. <laughs> 
If I wanted to, I could use that as a reason to break unity. I'm using a silly thing just on purpose, you know? I'd be like, you, that doesn't make sense to, to me. We can't be unified in that. No, we can have unity even though we don't agree. Are you with me? Why? Because Christ is in her, and that's all I need. Come on. This is important. It'll help. Jesus prayed this. He said in John 17, verse 20 through 23, this is one of the most famous sections of scripture because it's God talking to God, right? God praying to God. Let me help you. God always gets his prayers answered. God and Jesus prayed to God and Jesus's prayers always get answered. So he prayed this and guess what? It happened, whether you know it or not. So he said, I do not ask for these only the ones who are his disciples in that moment. He said, but also for those who believe in me through their word. That's us, y'all. He's talking about us. That they all may be, help me, one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Our unity is actually going to convince the world that Jesus is God. Come on. The, us being one, despite the fact that we're different, the world is supposed to look at the church and go, how do those people get along? What is going on there? There must be a God in heaven. Straight up, that is what we're supposed to be doing right now. And instead, we're bashing the bride as every chance we get. That church over there, those preachers, that heretic, that da-da-da-da-da. That's what we're doing. We're doing the opposite of our divine calling. It says, the glory that you've given me, I've given to them. You already have God's glory, just so you know. <laughs> you've already been glorified. Don't take my word for it. Go to the word for it. Romans 8, 29 through 30 says it. Those he justified, he past tense glorified. You've been glorified. How do you get glorified? How do you get into heavenly places, seated in heavenly places if you don't have glory? How do you give God glory if you don't have it? We give God glory because he gave it to us for us to give to him. God, we give you glory. Where'd you get the glory from? God, that's how it works. The glory that you've given me, I've given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Listen to this. I, Jesus, in, in them, that's us, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Listen, the prerequisite for unity with one another is believing we're in union with Christ. Listen, that's a theological hang-up for a lot of people right there. A lot of people, including the church I grew up in, all right, does not believe that the life of the believer begins in union with Christ. A lot of the church today, that's a hard pill to swallow. They think one day we'll be one with God in heaven. Right now, our spirits aren't, our, our spirits are sort of saved, not really, kind of, you know, maybe, depending on how well you do down here. And your soul is definitely not saved. Your body, oh my God, we're just going to throw that away later. You know what I mean? That's kind of the mindset. But the Bible says the opposite. You are one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, one spirit. One. One. In fact, look at me. I'm going to do something. I do this all over the place. It gets me in trouble. That's why I like to do it. It makes you think, look at me real quick. You and Jesus are not like this. You are not tight. You are not his homeboy. You are not close. You and Jesus are like this. It's not that God looks at Jesus 
to look at you and like ignores you in there. Like, oh, I'm just gonna look at the Jesus parts because I can't look at you. You're so dirty and wretched. I can't look at you. I gotta look at Jesus. Uh, you know, I know you're in there, but I'm not paying attention to you. No, no, no. He looks at Jesus and sees you. He looks at you and sees Christ. You might not think that's accurate, but let me ask you a question. Who needs the corrective lenses here? God or you? You think his eyesight's getting bad? You can't see all your flaws? No, he's sovereign enough to know your flaws and forget them before you do them. He's forgotten your future sins right now. Just so you know. All of your sins were in the future when Jesus forgave them. Hello? The Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the earth. So before you even existed, your sins were forgiven. Now you receiving that is the crux. That's where the tipping point is. That's where you get the abundant life or not. That's where eternal life comes in or not. Is if you receive that truth. Are you with me? But listen to me. It doesn't change the fact that whether you believe it or not, Christ is in you. When you say yes to Jesus, Christ is in you. Christ is in your Catholic brother. When they say yes to Jesus, Christ is in your uh, whatever, Pentecostal, Baptist, whatever. Christ is in there. And listen to me. Every single person on this planet is from the Father, but not every single person on this planet is of the Father. And it doesn't matter if... <laughs> If we're of the Father, meaning we're born again, born from above, it doesn't matter our tendency. It doesn't matter our culture. It doesn't matter if we like Bethel songs or not, or we're Hillsong, or we whatever. All that garbage that people argue about is such a distraction. What we need to see is, can I see Christ in there? Is, is he in there? Can you discern by the Spirit, the living God, inside of your brother or sister? That's the point. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5 says, we regard no one according to the flesh, the body. No one according to their outward nature. Because anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. Jesus' prayers get answered. He prayed, I prayed they would be in me and I would be in them, just as you are in me. Christ is in you. Christ is in your brother. And I would say Christ is the starting point of even the lost but they to receive his fullness have to receive him as a gift because love gives a choice. Now, this is feeling off topic, but feels important right now. Love without choice is not love. If you force love on someone, we have a word for that. And it's not a godly word. If you make them love you, that's not what God has done. He planted two trees in the garden from the beginning. He gives you a choice. Now and through eternity, there's a choice. You know, the Godhead chooses one another. And I know it's his faithfulness that sustains us. It's his choices. It's his finished work. But I'm making a very clear picture here. Some people are acting unlike the Father, even though he's their Father, because they haven't chosen his love. Are you with me? The people trafficking women in Tampa Bay today are not of the Father in this moment. Are you with me? They're from the Father because He's the Father of all. He's the beginning of everything. But they're not of the Father. I'm not talking about being unified with a trafficker or someone who doesn't believe Jesus. I'm talking about being unified with your brother and praying the trafficker into the family, back to the family. 
I believe every lost person is typified in the prodigal son from the father's house but doesn't know it. In the pig pen, eating the slop. That's the world. And they need to be invited home. They need to be invited home. No matter what they're acting like, where they're from, what they're doing, they need to be invited home. So last night we had a really amazing time of prayer. I kind of want to just do it again, but I don't want to do that right now. Um, it was so powerful. We prayed for the traffickers. We blessed the traffickers with the spirit of the living God. We said, Holy Spirit, bless them. Get them. Why? Because if the weight of his kindness and goodness and mercy crashes in on their life, they are not going to be the same. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. Was God kind to you? Is that why you're here? Yeah. So let's pray his kindness on those who are doing horrible things. I'm not saying unify. I'm not saying, oh, it's okay that you, you pimp out women. No, that is not okay. Horrible. It's not okay. However, God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He became sin. 2 Corinthians 5, at the very end of the chapter, I think it's verse 26, said, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus didn't just forgive your sin, he became it. He didn't just forgive the trafficker, he became it. He became it on the cross. This is a mystery of our faith. And in doing, he actually invited us to union with himself. And the life of the believer, when you say yes to Jesus, you begin as one with him. That's how you start. And you're able to act holy because the Holy One is in you. You're able to do the right thing because the righteous one is in you and you're one spirit with him. Are you with me? This is a very important theological point of our house. And if you can't get down, that's cool. We can disagree. You can still be here. I'm not mad at you. We can even have a diversity of thought on these things. I've been wrong twice. You know, so... <laughs> Oh, it's just a little too serious in here. I'm trying to get you to laugh. So that's unity. Unity is oneness. Say oneness. That's what we're called to have. And we're not supposed to leave our diversity at the door of oneness. We're not supposed to be like, okay, I got to act like them to be one with them. No, 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 no. Let's go into the diversity element. This is really good. Ephesians 3, 8 through 10, the apostle Paul writes this in the New American Standard Bible. It says, to me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to enlighten all people as to what the plan of the mystery is, which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things. Let's stop there for a second. He says, I'm given this grace to preach to the Gentiles. You need to understand who's speaking right there. That's the Jew of Jews. That's the Pharisee of Pharisees. This guy as, is as ethnically Jew as you can get. And the Jews and Gentiles were not friends. Okay? In the Bible times. They were not buddies. They did not get along. Okay? So you need to understand, there was a, an ethnic hatred, a racism going on between Jews and Gentiles. Jews hated Gentiles. Gentiles hated Jews. They were racist towards one another. You understand? And he says, I've been given a grace to preach to those who hate me. I've been given a grace to preach to those I used to hate. This is very important. Because what he says next is huge for understanding unity and diversity. He said, to enlighten all people as to what the plan of the mystery is, which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things, so that the multifaceted wisdom, say multifaceted, I know, you're like, it's too early for these big words. The multifaceted wisdom of God might now be made known through the church. 
through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. I need you to get with me here. Go with me. This might take a little bit of brain juice. Are you okay? Yeah? Okay. The multifaceted wisdom of God is the only thing that's going to make his wisdom known, his power known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. All right, you want to pull down principalities? You want to bring down spiritual strongholds? You need to understand the multifaceted wisdom of God. You need to get with that plan, with that program. You need to grapple with this. And you're like, okay, I get it. He has a multifaceted wisdom. No, you didn't get it. Because that Greek word multifaceted, the strongest concordance, are you ready? It is literally the Greek word for differing colors. The differing colors of God's wisdom. I believe this is a potent word for the church right now. <laughs> I believe we need this. If this church is one color, that's a problem. It's not. I'm glad for that. Even our team is not. I'm glad for that. Amen? We didn't go. We're going we're gonna to make sure we have this shade and that shade and this shade. It's just God put us together. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? We have leadership of every shade, which I'm so happy about. We even at one point had a Lebanese and a Jew on the same team, <laughs> which those two, if you know, that's the thing. So anyway, come on. The multifaceted wisdom of God is differing colors. The differing colors of God's wisdom. That is what is going to speak to the principalities and powers. That's what speaks to the rulers in heavenly places. Come on. Listen, the demons freak out when we look different. <laughs> And we have the same song. We have the same heart. We have the same spirit. They flip out. That's why there's black church. That's why there's white church. That's why there's Spanish church. And that's why there's English church. Because that's the devil's device. Because he's scared to death. He knows that if the church has the multifaceted wisdom, the many coloring wisdom, if the church comes together and has a multiple shades, like it looks like a, you know, a tapestry in here, the devil is like, we're done. It's over. Can't do it. Heaven has come to earth. You remember Revelation 7? He's like, oh, it's trumpet time. It's trumpet time. I'm just going to sit down and shut up. I'm serious. I'm telling you the truth. This word is a, a compound word that means many diverse manifestations. Some of y'all are a diverse manifestation. <laughs> Some of y'all have a manifestation that you lock down and you're not yourself in the spirit. Because you don't want to be weird. Listen, you need to get weird. I'll out-weird you, don't worry. If you start getting weird, I will out-weird you. I up it just to make you feel better. I will. Because I got a lot of weird in the tank, okay? I hold myself together for all of you, okay? Because I could just cry right now. I could just laugh right now. I could fall out on the stage and just have a trance right now. I got a lot going on with me and God, okay? I could not like it's on demand, but I'm just telling you, anything could happen right now. I keep it together so that I can actually communicate what God's told me to communicate. Yeah? But you wouldn't, I don't even know if you would uh, think I were sane if you were in my prayer meetings with the Lord. My alone time with the Lord. You probably think I had gone nuts. Okay? Diverse manifestation. Many diverse manifestations. Some of you, you're singing loud because you think that's what's supposed to happen. But you need to sit down and meditate because that's your manifestation. Some of you are dancing because you think that's what it takes to be in around here. And you need to be still and know he is God. Some of you are still because you're afraid of looking weird and you need to dance, dang it. He's preaching in a, a Bucks jersey. He's using euphemisms. Oh my God. 
So many diverse manifestation. This is my manifestation. <laughs> Are you with me? We need that diversity. We need that diversity. Come on. This word means ultra diverse with multitudinous, I think I'm saying the right, expressions. Many expressions. Listen to this passage in 1 Corinthians 12. Hopefully you'll hear it with New Year's for the first time uh, because this is a popular passage in church. 1 Corinthians 12, um, 12 through 20 in the Passion Translation, it says, just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that form together one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. Say many parts mingled into one. One body with many parts. A unity in diversity. Come on. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not the hand, I'm not a part of the body. It's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were, say, were to say, since I'm not the eye, I'm really not part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how freaky would that be? Sorry, that's not in there. That's just my, think about it. Just We're all floating eyeballs. It's just, or I guess rolling eyeballs. I don't know. It's just strange. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just near, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed, say carefully designed. God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. Listen to this. A diversity is required. Come on. A diversity is required. For if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are Many differing parts and functions, but one body. Come on. God gave you a certain amount of melanin for a reason. All right? I have very little. That's why I'm white. Okay? I love Miles McPherson. He does a great job tackling racism in the church and everything. He wrote a book called The Third Option. I think every single person in the church should read that book. I read it twice. It sold out on Amazon over the summer. I claim a little bit of credit for that because I talked about it so much. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know that for sure. But I like to think so. Anyway, he talks about um, how we really need to take on this challenge of being unified in the spirit and seeing each other's color but not defining each other by color, right? He talks about honor. The third option is honor. You're valuable. You're valuable. He makes a joke. This is what I wanted to share. He makes a joke that you know, white people are more colored than colored people. This is a black man's joke, just so you know, I'm not, I'm just sharing it with you. I know you're like so, like he can't say this stuff. I will, I have a microphone, here it comes. He said, white people are more colored than colored people. It's like, first of all, white's a color, you know? And then white people are different colors all throughout the year. In the summertime, you're red. In the fall, you back to white-ish, peeling. In the, in the winter, you're blue, all right? You have multiple colors all throughout the year. You're more colored than colored people. <laughs> you're like, that's so offensive. <laughs> it's just a bad joke. It's not mine. Don't be mad. <laughs> it's true, though. We need to get past this whole, like, black-white thing in the church. Like, 
We, I really do want to make intentional efforts for that. I'm waiting on wisdom on how to do that. I have friends who pastor black churches in this area and we're talking all the time. How do we, how do we break this wall down, man? You know? It's important because a diversity is required. Say a diversity. A diversity is required. That's the truth. I'll tell you about some amazing people like Kenan Bridges in our area. Kenan Bridges, wonderful, prophetic, has spoken to my wife and I, prophetic words that have shaped us. It's amazing. Tony Samuels with Lighthouse, doing incredible work, bringing people out of addiction. Tony and Jeanette, amazing. These, those are my brothers. We're the same. We're one, but we're very different. Are you with me? Okay. How uncomfortable can I make you before the end of this message? <laughs> All right. Unity and diversity. Listen to this verse. Galatians 3 talks about the law. Talks about Paul bringing about the, or saying Christ brought about the unity even between Jews and Gentiles because God really looked at the earth and saw Jews and Gentiles. He did separate for himself a people under the law to tutor the human race to Christ. That was the thing. That's true. That happened. Okay? This is what it says. Now, Galatians 3, 23 through 29. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, faith is a person, by the way. That's a noun use right there. It should be capital F. Now that faith has come, it's, his name is Jesus. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. There is neither English or Spanish. There is neither black nor white. Are you getting the picture? For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring according to the promise. Though we are diverse, we are one. We don't lose our diversity and our oneness in the kingdom. That's the beauty of it. That's the model. Our defining element is not the color of our skin or our family culture. It's Christ. Can you see Christ in them? Then you can be one with them. That's it. That's how simple it is. We honor the rich history this month of our black brothers and sisters. We do. But not at the sake of all us being like that. Are you with me? There's two sides to this coin. I'm not going to try to be black. That would be so awkward. It's Black History Month. Let me try to be black. That would be so weird. Come on, you're all so nervous right now. But this is what happens. Oh, in order for me to be one, I got to be like them. I got to change the way I talk. You know, I change the way I dress, right? Come on. If you're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's silly and it's not kingdom. It's not kingdom. I'm going to be me and you be you. And we can unify because Christ is in you. Christ is in me. That's the only thing we need. Come on. One last verse. How about you stand? I'm going to read this for you. One last passage of verses. I refuse to apologize for the amount of scripture I use in my sermons. <laughs> I refuse to apologize. And usually it's like one sermon and a whole bunch of opinion. Here's the Lord's opinion. Are you ready? Ephesians 2, 14 through 16. Our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. 
by dying as our sacrifice, he has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us. He has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious blood body on the cross. I'm going to read that again. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. Let me help you. This might hurt, but let me help you. If you hate a people group, you don't believe in the finished work of Christ. If you have racism in your heart, it's an area of unbelief in his finished work. This comes with the program. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. Say repealed. His triune essence has made peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity, Jew and non-Jews together, fused together. Two have now become one, and we live restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ. Through his crucifixion, hatred died. He killed hatred when he died on the cross. So if you hate your brother for any reason, you don't believe in the power of the cross. I have heard churches and people over the summer, leaders, none of my friends, praise God, because they would get an earful from me. I've heard leaders over the summer trying to prove that God is for one race and not for another. I've heard it about black people. I've heard about white people. I've heard about people from the Middle East. I've heard about all these. You, my Facebook messenger was full of crazy things this summer. Okay, crazy stuff. I deleted the app, so don't write me on there. I deleted it. It was just too much. <laughs> There are churches teaching right now. Our brothers and sisters teaching right now that God loves some of us, not all of us. God loves this group, not that group. I'm not making this up. That is a real thing. You might not see it in front of your face. I see it. And I'm telling you, I'm going to pull that principality down. I'm going to pull that stronghold down by the Spirit. How? By having a multifaceted wisdom. Multifaceted wisdom of God. Come on, just put your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to pray for ourselves. Pray for yourself. Lord Jesus, if there's anything in my heart, if there's any ethnic hatred, if there's anything in my heart that would say, I don't want diversity, I, I want unity but not diversity, God, show it to me and pull it down right now. I break right now in the spirit. Before I even know what it is, I break it, Jesus. I disagree with any lie that says I have, I have a reason to hate my brother. I have a reason to think they're better than me. I have a reason to think that I'm better than them. I say we are equal in Christ. We are one in Christ. I say every person in this room is equal, male, female, black, white, Jew, non-Jew. Each one of us, because of Jesus, have been made one. So God, we disagree and we break agreement with any lie, with any lie that says that church over there, that people group over there, we refuse to work in partnership with the accuser of the brethren, the devil himself, by saying they're not worthy of your love. We say they're to die for. We say God's not mad at them. He's madly in love with them. And Jesus, we pray that we would be a model, that the resting place would be a model of your multifaceted wisdom. Come on, pray with me. Pray, God, let us be a model for your multifaceted wisdom. Let Tampa be a model for your multifaceted wisdom. Let every single part of our nation, let our nation, the melting pot that is America, come together under your banner of love, under your spirit and your spirit alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.